I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is producer and director Robert Craig. We're going to be talking about tackling homelessness. As of January 2023, homelessness in Phoenix, Arizona has increased 72% since 2017. The problem is widespread and seems to have no solution in sight. But Robert Robert Craig, founder of Robert Craig Films, will soon release No Address, a scripted feature film that sheds light on the human side of homelessness with beautiful and compelling storytelling. The movie is just one part of a five-prolonged approach called The Big Five Campaign, a combination of five inspiring productions that in addition to the film include a documentary, book, music, and interactive resource guide, all focused on homelessness and geared to inspire action. The Big Five campaign also integrates the Big Five giveback. Robert Craig Films is pledging pledging $1 million from the Robert Craig Foundation, along with 50% of the net proceeds from all five productions to assist nonprofits addressing homelessness. Welcome to the show, Robert. Nice to have you on today. Well, thank you, Catherine. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, you seem to be successful in terms of addressing the problems of homelessness in Phoenix. I guess my first question is, and you're doing it in a big way, what differentiates you from, say, California that doesn't seem to be able to achieve any kind of similar results that you've been able to do? Well, you know... That's probably a really good question. I, I think I'd probably follow up with that by saying the homelessness crisis, it, it's bad all over the country. Um, obviously, in specific states, it's worse than others. In California, it's not really doing great. Uh, I happen to live here in the Sacramento region. And, you know, just as in anybody else who has compassion on those who are suffering and who are poor, you know, I'm I'm just trying to do whatever I can in, in any of these states, right? I, I don't consider myself like the data expert on homelessness. Uh, for me personally, I don't I don't need that. I can just walk down pretty much any main street where I live, or in Northern California, and you know, you can you can see homeless folks. So, and I I really my heart goes out to them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm involved in the ministry with my wife uh, at our church and um, with the homeless. And, you know, we're just trying to do whatever we can to see if we can bring a solution to this problem that's getting worse and worse every year. And I know every, the cities, states, politicians, you know, nonprofits, everybody's trying to do whatever they can. Uh, and I think their heart is behind it. Um, but I think there are some specifics as, uh, as far as probably what's working and what's not working. But what, what my, my goal in the Big Five, and as far as what you mentioned in this whole thing, is not, not only are we trying to bring awareness, because I think everybody's trying to bring awareness. We already know there's a problem. We, we, we're going to try to bring a call to action from uh, people all over the country to maybe kind of fine-tune what solutions, you know, might look like so we can really make hopefully a, a big dent in in the homeless crisis and, and have it reduced. And me, I'm, I, I'm just doing it from the standpoint of producing a film 
Uh, it's called No Address, and, you know, we have some celebrities in it, and it's a narrative film. Um, it's not a documentary. It's a film about, uh, you know, a family of, of people who were not family at first, but one by one they slip into homelessness and they find that they need to latch on to each other as a family to help protect each other uh, against the vigilantes and the gangs and the local authorities in the community that can't stand having him there. And of course we show solutions uh, to this problem at the end of the documentary, excuse me, the movie. And, you know, over a year ago when we started planning on doing this, I'm kind of a marketing kind of guy and I'm, you know, I would like to get as many people to watch the movie as possible. So we decided not only to make the movie, but also a documentary. And so we like toured the country and uh, went to, I think about 20 different cities on uh, one of those big celebrity buses and interviewed, you know, some politicians and CEOs of nonprofits and those that are experiencing homelessness, uh, including Phoenix and including San Francisco and including Los Angeles and Sacramento. And they're just absolutely heart-wrenching hearing the stories from those that are experiencing homelessness. Anyway, so we're packaged a 90-minute uh, documentary called Americans with No Address. Uh, you know, we're not taking sides on it from the left or the right. You know, we're just kind of going down the middle and just showing, hey, this is what we see. Uh, this is what's, you know, kind of working. Here's what maybe what's kind of not working, um, you know, and let the viewer kind of come to their own conclusion. You know, and then I, I might be rambling a little bit too much, yeah. Catherine. You could just no, say, that's hey, okay because I'll, I'll jump in and I'll I'll ask you this. You know, because uh, uh, Robert, because <laughs> you know, people look at homeless people as maybe one big group of homeless people, but like as you mentioned just a little bit earlier, there are a lot of different reasons why people fall into homeless homelessness. Maybe we could talk about that. Like there are that I'm it's sure. not yeah because it's not all this. People become homeless for many different reasons. Um, kind of let's. Yeah, yeah, I, I think what people don't realize is that homelessness can happen to anybody. And um, I think it's seven out of 10 uh, in the U.S. I heard that are just a paycheck away uh, from going into homelessness. Because if if you don't have any money and you don't have a family support or friend support where you can stay, um, what can happen is you can fall into homelessness and that happens all the time, believe it or not, it, it actually does happen. And we've interviewed several people that are uh, highlighted in the documentary. They were, you know, they had good jobs, but then COVID hit and they lost their job and they didn't have family and friends to go to. And now they're under uh, a highway bridge and, and intense and, you know, just trying to survive. So that's one way that people can, you know, unfortunately go into homelessness. You know, there are, you know, many other ways uh, you could be uh, addicted to, there's so many things you could be addicted to, drugs, alcohol, um, and then by obviously doing that, you can be losing family and friends and then you have no place else to go and, you know, you just hang, you, then you become homeless. Yeah. Um, that can happen. And uh, mental illness, I think, is also a, a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yep. Yep. I mean, as a uh, social worker, I was, I say, part of the, uh, it was more than a trend when they got rid of these big mental hospitals and just literally put people out on the street. And, uh, 
you know, the, it was sort of the, uh, I don't know what you would call it. The mantra was, oh, well, people shouldn't be in these big me- mental health facilities, but then there was no plan for, okay, now what are you going to do? And that sort of, I think, precipitated some of this uh, group of homeless people. Yeah. Uh, right. We mentioned Phoenix earlier on, and, you know, I vividly remember um, a few of the interviews that we did. We had two camera teams. We had one that would be interviewing uh, CEOs and executives and politicians and what have you. And when we were in Phoenix, uh, St. Vincent, uh, uh, Society of St. Vincent de Paul, uh, we interviewed, um, you know, the CEO there. Um, and But I was in... Uh, I was out in the encampments. So I, I wanted to be part of that team, uh, you know, interviewing those that are experiencing homelessness. And oh my gosh, it was just it was just so sad. There was this one couple that um, their tent blew up, and you know, I go over and talk with them, and you know, they're they're sad and they have tears in their eyes, and uh, they their their uh, I guess propane tank. Um, uh, in the barbecue that they had inside the tent was turned on and then uh, fuel was leaking out. And when they started it, uh, it just blew up and then they lost everything. It was interesting hearing their perspective when they were just sharing that they've lost all their belongings, all their, all, all their, their stuff that, that they're using to survive on. And then I'm looking at it, I'm going, Oh my gosh, but I mean, it, it kind of in, inside myself, I'm saying, but it, you know, it's kind of all junk. And then they got me to thinking, you know, oh my gosh, Rob, you know, that might not, that might be junk to you, but that means something and that's special to them. And I, I talked with them and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I even, um, gave them some money to help them out. I could tell them, I could tell that we're not on drugs. Uh, and I just, I had compassion for them. And, um, and then just a block away, a whole encampment row, uh, and, uh, just on the sidewalk. And my gosh, I've never seen that before. You'd go on the sidewalk and you could see the car meters where you'd put money in to park your car, but you can't park there because encampment tents are there. And we talked to several folks there and, um, uh, this one group of three, they were like a family, like in our movie and I'm talking with them and. And they actually confirmed uh, what I've heard from our data expert on our comp with our movie, uh, Dr. Robert uh, Marbet, uh, who have said uh, oftentimes uh, those that are experiencing homelessness will group together to protect each other and even have a dog uh, that, that would alert uh, those experiencing homelessness in the middle of the night if somebody came up trying to rob from them or, or to do them harm. And sure enough, uh, these three folks who I was talking with, they, they actually said that. I, you know, asked them a question. Why do you got a dog? Well, we got a dog uh, to, to help protect ourselves. And we, we stay together as a family to help protect ourselves. But what about, like your films specifically, how are they going to, I guess, engage the audience so that they will have some understanding or empathy because as you talk to more and more people, the reality is they're more frustrated. They're more angry. They don't want people, uh, you know, in their backyard on the street or taking up their parking space or whatever it is. And to me, it seems like the attitude of those people is getting worse, not better. Obviously, I guess that's why you're doing the film, but what part of it do you think will be able to connect to the general, I think, 
Yeah. Sure. Uh, one of the main, I think one of the main goals of the film too, is to show that people that are experiencing homelessness are just like you and me. There really yeah. is no difference there. I mean, obviously you and me are, you know, we're not have mental issues or on drugs, but we certainly could have had challenges in our life that have happened where we lost everything and we go into homelessness. Well, we, we show that because I think that's what people don't see. Sure, I understand there's many of those experiencing homelessness that have done bad things, and I, we, I, we get that, and that's a small percentage, but there's a large percentage of, of folks out there experiencing homelessness that, you know, they, they don't want to be there. And I, I think what we're hoping is that when people watch the film, they'll, they'll see that, uh, like in our film, we have, you know, a William Baldwin or Billy Baldwin. Uh, he plays one of the lead roles, and he has a really good job in uh, the beginning of the, the the movie, and he's got a family, but he has challenges throughout, and he loses his job, and he's just a guy like you and me, right? And I won't give it away at the end, but he has some pretty big challenges, um, um, and uh, but because of he lost his job, and because he's uh, you know does gambling. Uh, a little bit too much than he should um, because we wanted to show, you know, that people, you know, can slip into homelessness and they, they are real people and most want to get out of homelessness, believe it or not, some want to stay in it. And, and we're hoping that through this narrative story that's based on, you know, reality that people will take a look at it and go, oh, you know, maybe I should be helping uh, these people that need help because they do need help. Yeah. You know, we can't so in other words, in your, in your go, films, you're saying this could be you too. You know, sit down and watch this because this yeah. could be you too. Yeah, on our poster, yeah. our main theme on our poster, you know, every movie poster has like a little tiny theme with a few words. Ours is homelessness can happen to anyone. So everyone and, needs to identify yeah. with the homeless. There has to be some kind of connection, identification, and this could happen to anyone. So that I get, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the yeah. children? What was your experience? I mean, uh, that's heartbreaking, I guess. Uh, not The whole thing is heartbreaking. I mean, the families, everybody, but uh, the, the children who wind up on yeah. the streets. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of sad, too. Uh, I think the most recent HUD report a few years ago, again, I don't look at myself as a major data expert, but my other producers are. I'm just trying to focus on making the movie and the documentary, but approximately one point. 2 million uh, adults are homeless and approximately 1.5 million uh, teenagers under the age of 18 are homeless. And I, I didn't realize that. And that's like, oh my God, that's like yeah. almost 3 million people. That's pretty, uh, pretty horrible. And it does, it happens. It happens, you know, to kids. Um, it's, it, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's, it's really sad. I, I think, um, you know, the solutions that we found that worked were organizations from a very high level. Just what they do is housing and wraparound services. We saw that time and time again, if all you have is housing and it just, it doesn't work. But if you have housing with wraparound services to help with addictions, to help with getting your life back together, um, you know, these organizations, uh, some of them are religious, some of them are not faith-based obviously. Um, and um, they they guide and they help you put your life back together so you can, you know, get back into the world. Those organizations are just doing phenomenal, you know, like like the Salvation Army. They do that. 
uh, Haven for Hope out of San Antonio, Texas. They uh, house thousands of homeless folks uh, uh, per year. In fact, uh, um, they have reduced homelessness in San Antonio, just the Haven for Hope campus, which is a, a huge campus. They've reduced homelessness in San Antonio by, I believe, it was like 77%, just from the housing that they have and wraparound services, but they do it in a really huge way. So I mean, the wraparound service, are, I'm interrupting you now, but I think the wraparound yeah. services are critical. And I, I think that that's something sometimes is left out. You know, we have to get people so that they're not living on the streets and certainly no children should ever be living on the streets, but putting in people homes or apartments or whatever is the goal. But then it stops there when the when these families or individuals, they need to know how to integrate themselves back into society and how to manage a house or an apartment or take care of themselves. I mean, and that doesn't always get addressed. Like, yes, you have, no one should be living on the street, but then there have to be all of these services that help people. I don't know if you call yeah, it reintegrate and, and, themselves. And you're right. Yeah, and that's what we found that's that and that's what we found that works and there's a variety of ways that that can be done we've seen tiny homes and wraparound services which is kind of cool and you know we some of those that we interviewed uh were formerly homeless and just hearing their stories and every one of them they went to uh you know an organization that had uh housing and wraparound services and they shared their stories. Some would have tears in their eyes. Some would be just so joyful that they made it through. And and these organizations are designed to help you be able to acclimate back into society and and hopefully live you know a normal life. And most of them, that's what we've seen has happened. And yeah, so just you know doing whatever whatever we can. Yeah, you need more social workers. <laughs> Need lots of social workers. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of so, social so workers. another yeah. uh, component that makes the wraparound services uh, work is you have to have case managers. Yeah. And, you know, social worker case managers that would, that will be assigned to, you know, several of those that are experiencing homelessness to help them be accountable to the wraparound services specifically of what they're taking. And that's a key ingredient to a successful transition to get out of homelessness. What about the finances? Uh, I, I think you did talk about corporate America or you touched on it. How much money do we need? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, you mean to fix the problem? To or? fix the problem, yes. How much money? Gosh, um, I'm not really sure, but I mean, you could do the math. You could literally do the math. Yeah. Um, you know, you could take Haven for Hope as an example, how much money they spend on an annual basis to operate. Uh, I think they get most of the funding from non from uh, donors, I think. Um, but if if you were to duplicate, if in Portland, uh, Bybee Hopes, Lake, uh, Lakes Bybee Hopes, excuse me, I'm not remembering the Hope Campus, or uh, I forget the exact name, but they do a fabulous job uh, up in uh, Portland, Oregon. And uh, that they they can house a person for I think it's twenty one dollars a day. That includes housing and wraparound services, and and they can house several hundred people uh, experiencing homelessness. And they take them from homelessness to out of homelessness. 
So if you were to do the calculation of how many folks that are experiencing homelessness across the United States and what the average cost with housing or wraparound services, you, you could probably, you know, come up with, with, with a number. Uh, but interestingly, some people like to remain homeless, and I asked several of them that, and they said, you know, I, I, I like being homeless because I get, you know, several hundred dollars a month from the government. I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay taxes. Life is simple. Uh, and, you know, surprising that that happens out there. And and I'm, I, I don't know what percentage of those want to be homeless, but I remember interviewing several um, that, that were experiencing homelessness, and some would just break down in tears saying, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I can't stand it. Help me out. What can you do? You know, your, then we obviously recommend... Yeah, I was going to ask you, does your film include, uh, give people incentives to donate their monies, wealthy people or, you know, corporations, and, and then um, you can do a film about that. People like to feel good about themselves and giving, and you can, I, maybe you have this in the film, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you know, someone still gave, you know, $2 million and, you know, it's the, like, development officers yeah. do in colleges and universities. I don't know, but that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in our documentary, or even in the movie, we yeah. don't actually specifically address, uh, hey, donate money, but we are advocates uh, when we people do talk with us. I think part of the solutions is when you think about giving money to a nonprofit organization that's helping get people off the streets, uh, to give it to organizations specifically that have housing and wraparound services we don't recommend typically to give to organizations that offer less than that because organizations that offer less than that, I'm not dinging them, but it's more like temporary Band-Aid help, which is nice, makes your heart feel good, but doesn't get them out of homelessness. So what I do not, I'm, you know, I'm still learning, right? So when I talk to someone who's experiencing homelessness, I, I got cards in my wallet now in my region and and if I'm talking to somebody and they want to get out of homelessness, I say call this number um, and make an, just call this number and go over there, uh, or no, I can take you there and and apply to be part of their program, right? So if you give money to organizations that are truly have their heart behind it with housing and wraparound services, you're really doing good. But you know, just be careful about you know donating money to organizations that do less than that. Again, I'm not knocking their heart. I mean, everybody wants to do whatever they can, but what we've seen that works is housing and wraparound services. Anything that less than that doesn't get them out of homelessness, but does make them feel good for the day, you know, possibly. Yeah. Like we've seen mobile trailers that give showers and, and health checkups and haircuts, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And for temporarily, it you know, it's good. Yeah. It helps. Uh, be great if those services, when they go out there, that they would also hand out cards that after they meet with somebody, they give them a haircut that's having homelessness. Maybe they take a shower. Maybe they give them some toiletries. Hey, here's a business. Here's a business card of the local shelter that has wraparound services. Call them. Yeah. Well, as you say, those aren't. You need long-term solutions. You need short-term ones, yeah. but then you have to, yes, you definitely need long-term solutions. 
okay, we only have a couple minutes left. So the films, <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, yeah. give us a long-term solution. We need to well, already you know, want to see your films, obviously. So what do we do? Well, again, I, I would just amplify what I've said, long-term solutions, and it will take a long time because housing and wraparound services costs a lot of money. Some states do it really efficiently. Some states don't, but they're on the right track. So uh, the more cities and states that get housing and wraparound services, however they decide to do it, um, that, I believe, is going to be the solution with really good, solid services and case management um, folks that can help those experiencing homelessness in these organizations to acclimate to society. That will take a long time to get these organizations together. There's already thousands of them out there, and they're doing a fabulous job. We just need to increase their housing capabilities uh, for the month. That you know, that's really what they need uh, to get more housing. And and as far as how many years uh, for long term, as you said, I don't know how long that would be, but I think if all the states in our country and politicians and, you know, citizens just kind of work together, realizing, you know, that this is the long-term solution that they get involved and help. Um, I, I think that's going to be the winner winning ticket. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Obviously lots of good information we've been talking to. I've been talking to producer, director, Robert Craig, tackling homelessness. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 